Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Generational Wrestling Podcast. It's your boy, the 26-year-old piece of gold, the franchise. And with me, I got my tag team partners, the human encyclopedia of wrestling, the flawless phenomenon. Joe knows everything. Flawless Joey V. And across the way, as always, we got the Carmel Cody, the light-skinned Teddy Pendergrass, a.k.a. Mr. 1, 2, 3, pin that ass down, K. Breezy, better known as 2 Cold Kimbrough. And we are the Generation of Wrestling Podcast. It's about to go down. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Generation of Wrestling Podcast. As always, is yours truly, the 26-year-old piece of gold the franchise, a.k.a. Mike Jones, who, and with me, I got my team partners, my good brothers, my family. Introducing, first up, by way of Parma, Ohio, he is the flawless phenomenon, <laughs> the human encyclopedia of wrestling. Joe knows everything. Mr. Paul Wall. <laughs> and, and across the way, man. Hey, man. Hey, hold on, hold on, man. I gotta say, man, your voice has got deeper since we last talked to you. Did you finally hear puberty? <laughs> He's funny. He's funny. And across the way, as always, we got the coma coated, the light skinned Teddy Pendergrass, aka Mr. All Aboard the Hoo Train, the Godfather, Slam, Two K Breezy in the building. How you doing? What's good with y'all, man? I miss y'all. Hey, 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 man, we, we missed you too, man. It's the Christmas season, and I was like, damn, man, I ain't talked to my brothers in a minute, man. It, it felt weird not doing the podcast, but now we're back. We got ready. Ho, ho, ho. For, for oh, sure, for oh. sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And you, and you know what I was thinking, guys? You know, uh, speaking of missing you guys, man, we ain't linked up in a minute. I was thinking... How about we do a live show for the first link up of 2020? Live show of what? It, like what obviously, it, it, it well, it damn show ain't gonna be SmackDown or Raw. So I'm gonna, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would assume either NHC, AEW, or the Rumble. Well, well, we were gonna do the Rumble, right? We're yeah, gonna do the rumble. I say, I say, we got to link up for the rumble, man. Right, the rumble, at least the rumble, because uh, takeover ain't gonna be until February. So you know, we can at least get the rumble in. Okay, cool. So live link up and Antonio's for the rumble. Got it. For sure. All right, man. For sure. For sure. All right. Well, we ain't gonna uh, we ain't gonna procrastinate any longer, man. So this is the. AEW Wednesday night dynamite review show, and today our host will be at every AEW review show. Flawless Joey V, man, lead the way. All right, we kick off this great ass show with a six man tag. It was Dustin Rose and the Young Bucks versus Sammy Guevara and Santana Ortiz. I gotta say, man, this was a great opening match. Uh, what I like about AEW and uh. John Moxley said it perfect. Is you don't know what AEW is going to open up with. They can open up with a promo. They can open up with a title match. They can open up with a six man tag match. They can open up with a tag match. You don't know where Raw SmackDown, you already know you're going to open up with a freaking promo. So this match was a great opening match. I loved it. Man, I'll tell you this. One of my favorite like parts watching Dustin Rhodes wrestle is like he still has it. And even when he's going, like he looks at the other wrestlers and puts his hand out like, oh, give me a break. Ooh, I'm tired. But I got to say, man, the spot in the match was Sammy Guevara shooting star press when he got caught by the Young Bucks into the super kick. Holy shit. Damn. You don't see spots like that in WWE. And NXT, yes, but not on Raw and SmackDown. I love this match. The Ro- Dustin Rhodes and Young Bucks got the win, which is going to lead to the Young Bucks versus Santana Ortiz in a Texas death match next week. Uh, franchise, what do you think of this match? Man, oh, man. Uh, well, one, I liked, uh, I like how Dustin, how he was matching the tire with the Young Bucks. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, I liked how he joined in on the Super Kick party. Uh, what that's got to be what fifty or a little over fifty. The fact that he hit a Canadian destroyer, I'm like, all right, man, I, I feel it, I feel it. Um, but as far as the match, the match was a really good match. I felt like it was a great way to start off the show. 
Um, I think we all agree that, you know, the last AEW show, you know, it just eh, it was okay, but you know, it, it it wasn't what we were accustomed to. I felt like this one kind of really, you know, brought it back a little bit. Uh great match, a lot of great spots. Um Dustin looked good running with the young bucks, man. Like you said, Sammy Guevara, that guy, I mean, you know, aside from Moxley. Hang man, uh, I definitely think he's gonna be next up, man, to really get a push uh, down the line. But overall, man, it was a pretty good match, man. I give it a, uh, I give it a three seven three eight. All right, okay, uh, breezy, your thoughts? Yeah, um, it was an okay match. It was spots, but I, I wasn't really. Um, I, I told franchise earlier, man. For me. And and I think it's just me. It, it, maybe it's me, and I and I won't say it. Everybody else, but man, they're just counting. They're they're, they're one two stepping every every little move that they do is just. Well, I you know what I'm I'm gonna stop you there because I will say I do agree with you on that. That that was something we did agree with. It's too choreographed. Yeah, it's, it just you just you just saw what was coming too easy. It was just everybody had to use. There were too many times throughout the show, but just for this match particularly, I, I won't go into the show. We'll, we'll get into that later. But just for this match, like it, it had good spots. I'm not saying it was bad. It was terrible. It was, it, you know, it was entertaining. Uh, it was the Young Bucks, you know, against Ortiz and Sammy. So, you know, it was cool. Uh, uh, Dustin, he, he looked at too big, man. He was the biggest dude in the ring. He looked like he was too big to be in the ring. But uh, it, it was an okay match, man. I, I gave it a three. Um I guess the you know the young bucks with Matt coming back, they 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 uh they needed that win, you know that was good for them. But again, I felt like this should have been Hager. This shouldn't have been Sammy Guevara. It should have been Hager in this match, uh, because he's the one who broke Dustin's arm. So the fact that he wasn't even out on ringside that kind of lost some points for me because I, I he he should have been involved some way somehow. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let me ask you this: so you said about two tor- choreograph. Huh. Would you rather have it? like you saw it coming and it looks awesome and good or you didn't see it coming and it looks bad well i i'd rather not see it coming but my i'm not saying it was just too choreographed it was just there were just too many moments man where i could see people telling them where to go and 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 just go here go there like this match wasn't this bad but we'll there was a match that was worse and and we'll get into that match um but this match wasn't bad. It was just, you know, it was just too – it, it wasn't quick enough. Like, I'm not saying WWE is perfect because they have the same thing. Like, they, they have their moments too. But they have a little quicker pace. And I just want AEW to kind of pick up the pace a little bit. I understood it was Dustin in the match, but everyone else should have been on point. Like, everybody else should have been moving just a, just a little bit quicker. You know, I, that, that's, that's my little itch with it. Okay, what were your thoughts on that shooting star pressing to the super kick? The the uh this the where Sammy Guevara did the shooting star press. Oh, that the young bucks were standing there waiting for him and super kicked him, double super kicked him while he was doing the shooting star press. It I don't know if Sammy it was it was uh, I don't know if it was them too early or him too late or he didn't he didn't get enough of the flip. Like I I thought he was off. I thought they missed. Like I thought they got him, but. When I looked at it again, it was like, nah, it was a little bit off. But I don't think it was their fault. I think it was just the way he came off the top rope. I think he should have came a little higher. And then when he came around for the flip, it, you know, it would have been more flesh. But uh, yeah, it was still, it was still the you know exciting, entertaining thing. You know what Sammy did really good was uh, Ricochet's finisher. Uh, was it the six? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He killed that. He killed that. Oh yeah, this is the oh, six thirty. Yeah, yeah six thirty. <laughs> Man, did he murder that move. Woo! Man, great. All right. So, next up, we get... I like to call this a good match. Uh, we get Trent Beretta versus Ray Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. Man. Yeah. This, yeah. Was yeah this, this was a lot. Uh, it, it still had his moments. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but this was a lot. No. Yeah. I'll tell you this. I love the match, man. I love how Ray Phoenix walks the ropes and the announcers are recognizing it. You know, like he just walked the rope. And before Ray Phoenix gets into the ring when he's walking down the ramp, 
like he bounces like on the second on the second rope and then the top rope like you know he normally does in the match when he doesn't move. Just all all that ease. Yeah. But the one move that I was like, ooh, damn. Okay, that's nice. I haven't seen that. Is Tremperetta sitting on the top rope. And uh Ray Phoenix goes, swings on the ropes like a six one nine and spins into like the kick into Tremperetta's leg, so it's Freaking cuts him underneath him. I thought that was great. I'm gonna go to K Breezy first because I know you're a big Ray Phoenix fan. You're starting to jump on the Ray Phoenix train. What do you think of this match? Man, I'm I'm not on the train, man. I'm one of the workers. Okay, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm escorting people today today little rooms and today seats, bro. Look here, man. Um, like I said, this match was this this match had a a quicker pace. It had the pace that I wanted. Like I say, I don't have a problem with them walking through stuff, and you know I. You know, you want to be prepared, but like you say, with Ray Phoenix doing that move on the top rope, with the, like that was nice. Like I didn't see that coming. Like I seen him doing something, but I didn't see what the finish was. So I didn't have a problem with that, but it, it had a quicker pace. But overall, Trent, Trent looked great. Ray Phoenix looked good. I like that it wasn't too much interference from the outside um, with Orange Cassidy and uh, 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 the other guy. I can't remember his name. Um, oh, yeah, Chuck Taylor. Chuck Taylor, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I I was okay with that. Uh, it was surprising what happened at the end, you know, with Trent kind of going off. But I guess that was expected considering what happened at the dark match and what happened last week. So, yeah. uh, I, I thought Pentagon would have came out, but he never came out. So, that was a bit of a – not weird, but just kind of an off finish. But, you know, it, it, it served yeah. its purpose. It was a good match. Yeah, franchise. Yeah. Um, just – Ray Phoenix, he had so many dope ass moves, man. I had to write them down. You know, the top rope drop kick, the the springboard reverse. Uh, what's that roundhouse kick, man? When he kicked the shit out of dude in the head off the third rope. Uh, right. The springboard, the springboard coup de gras. You know, which is you know Fan Balor's move, but he added his own little springboard to it. I, let me say this: it's great of a match that Ray Phoenix had, and he had a great match. I'm on the bandwagon as well. Trent Beretta, he looked good, man. He he hung in there with that. I give him all the props in the world because I, w- I was a best friends fan, but I haven't really seen much of them work independently, you know. So to see Trent Beretta hang with a guy like Ray Phoenix, I loved it. Um, Phoenix is now 2-0 in a singles match in a competition. And uh, I liked what happened after the fact, man. You know, I liked uh, at the end of the match, man, uh, flawless. Tell the fans, man, what happened at the end of the match. Oh, Ray Phoenix and Trent. Yeah. They had like a little pushing. They went to go shake hands. Trent Beretta got mad, shoved him down. While it was going to the commercial, while it was split screen. I liked it. Oh, man. Like, Trent Beretta went off. And it kind of makes me wonder if we're going to see a Ray Phoenix Pentagon versus, I mean, Best Friends versus Lucha Brothers match. I'm not sure if they're going towards that because something happened later on in the night. That made me think, okay, they may be working towards another match, but I liked it. But here's one thing that I noticed about AEW's tag team wrestling that's far different than WWE's. Their tag teams will wrestle singles matches. Yeah. And put on freaking good matches. Like, like you don't see the revival Viking Raiders, you know, in singles matches. You know, you just don't. In AEW, you do. And you get to see that what they can do in singles matches, and I love it. Well, that's because that's because WWE has too many people for that. Like they might put a bit of singles match if it was like a fatal four way to tag teams and see who can get an advantage in the match. You might see that, but they got too many people to do singles tag team matches. But I get what you're saying because they used to do that back in the day. Not even back in the day, but they used to do it pretty much up for a while, maybe set for the last five years. Once the tag teams kind of develop more, you didn't really see them do one-on-one matches. But um, yeah, uh, I, I do like I do like it in AEW because they they don't have enough singles people. Like they got a, they got the same. Well, I say they they got the same bunch of folks, and you don't want to just keep putting them out there every week. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't seen Hangman in a while. We haven't seen Pack in a minute. We haven't seen MJF. So we know we're going to get these guys next week. We've seen Cody. We've seen Jericho. He's getting ready for his match. We, you know, we got – we didn't 
was- uh, SCU. We only saw Daniels. Like we saw bits and pieces of uh-uh. so um you know, I, I, I like that freshness of it that you don't, you know, when, when these people come back, you know, it's like, oh man, you know, I'm glad they're back. You know, we got Moxley this week. We got him last week, but he just showed up this week. We actually got him in a match. So, you know, that was cool, you know? So, uh, yeah, I, I like that. I like it too, because you're not ramming them down our throats each week. And like with the tag team, imagine you're watching Raw and they have Ivar versus Kurt Hawkins. Like, what are you going to think in that match? Like, you know, you're going to be like, yeah, Ivar's going to destroy him. Where these matches, you're like, hmm. Like last week, Trent got the win over Pentagon, I think it was. Yeah, he did. Or the dark match, he did was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it just, you don't know who's going to win. All right. Next up, we got, I'm going to say the second best promo guy in the business right now. Cody Rhodes interview. He comes out because MJF, wrote a letter on Twitter and said wrestlers I will not face in my career and number one was Cody Rhodes and Cody came out and talked about and talked about MJF and he's talking about MJF stealing his move crossroads and said now they're botching on two channels now which <laughs> I loved how he said that <laughs> then he calls MJF a Bush League NWO version of Chris Jericho and said MJF I want to fight you what will it take do you want my Ford F-150 Black Ops truck that you like? Do you want my Omega-3 watch that Tony Khan gave me? How about these Louis Vuitton shoes? How about this $50,000 cash? And I loved how he gave the $100 bill to the kid in the crowd. Which makes it now $49,990. Well, yeah, $900. Right. But still, but still, man, his promo is like, wow. Like He is right behind Jericho. As number two promo man in the business right now, I'm gonna say, uh, man, I loved it. Uh, franchise, I'm coming to you. What'd you think of this promo? And you think we will see an MJF Cody Rhodes match? So, to answer the, la- the latter part of your question, do I think MJF and Cody Rhodes? Yes, uh, I anticipated being at the next pay per view. Um, as far as the promo, I um, let me see. As of right now, I, I could I could say Cody Rose is number two. Uh, right now, I, I can't because I can't think of anybody else off top. I like the promo. I like the passion of it. I like the intensity of it. My only gripe with the promo, and here's where you know I'm going to be a little honest, I felt like it was a little extra. Um, you know, him taking off the watch, him throwing down his Ford truck keys, him taking off his shoes. It's like I felt like he could have said all that without the extra antics. You get what I'm saying? Uh, I felt like he could have made his point without doing as much. But I mean, hey, at the same time, you know, the promo, you know, straight to the point. Um, some things I kind of it was like, eh, I care less about was you know the Brandy Rose comment and just some of the other stuff. I felt like it was kind of irrelevant. But hey, you know. Neither here nor there. Overall, the promo was a very good promo. I liked it. I'm very, very interested to see this match. I'm just wondering how we're going to get to it. Okay, mm-hmm. Breezy. Uh, okay, so um, it was a good promo. Uh, I, I like this other one more, a little bit more than this one. This, like, it, it, like I say, Cody's the best, the second best promo guy out there right now. Um, he did put over MJF, you know, as far as needing to go out there and talk about him and, you know, do what he needed to do. Um, I did like the the money given to the kid and he took his shoes off and he took his watch off and, you know, hey, just just tell me, tell me what you want so we can have a fight. And it, it wasn't it wasn't a bad promo. It was a great promo. Just I, I like the other ones a little bit better. Uh, other than that, I, I, I definitely want to see a match. Um, can't wait to see what happens next week. All right, nice. All right, next up, we got franchise's girl, Nyla Rose, uh, versus versus the librarian, Leva Bates, who has a fat ass. All right, this was like a, uh, less than a minute match, you know. She beat the hell out of Peter, uh, I forget, Avalon. Avalon, yep. You know, choke slammed them both. And then after the match, Shauna came through and was fighting Nyla. And then Nyla put Shauna and the ref through a table. Mm-hmm. Okay, Breezy, man, what'd you think of this whole sequence? Um, 
<laughs> Didn't care for it. I figured it was going to be a squash beat down. It was, and what was that? <laughs> All right, cool. Franchise your thoughts on your girl. Um, With the Adam's apple. So, um, lost words. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah. Einhorn is a man. <laughs> I mean, I'm at a loss for words only because I was trying to find a way to reply back to your comment without, you know, being 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 a dick. So I will not reply. But um, with Nyla Rose, I feel like she's in a tough situation. Um, because it had and, and, and it, it should be an issue, but unfortunately, it is kind of the elephant in the room. Uh, with her being, I don't want to miss misspeak, but I believe it's transgender. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know exactly how much. Anyway, the point is, you know, genetically, you know, I know a lot of fans are still looking at it as a. Uh, a man versus women. And already because she has this super big stature, it's kind of like, I feel like even though she's talented, I don't really know if she's ever really going to get that proper respect she deserves. As far as the match with Lebo Base goes, I it was, I get it. it. It was a squash match. It was meant to make her look strong, which isn't hard. Um, but I didn't care for it. But at the same time, you know, you can tell it was just something to you know have her on TV. So I mean, you know, it it was what it was. But I I wasn't the biggest fan of it, and I'm really not a big fan of and Peter Avalon. I really don't know if they're like the, I, I don't know if they're like the couple job squad version of AEW or what. But I'm not really fans of neither one of those gimmicks. All right, uh, you know who Nyla reminds me of? Uh, leaving the transgender out of this, yeah. She's, I believe she's the Nia Jax of AEW. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Oh, K Breezy, how how do you feel about that statement? I find it funny. That's that's about it. But you find it true. You said, "Do I find her what?" True. Uh, somewhat. Uh, yeah. She, I mean, she is the well. I don't know because now you got um, you got Kong there too. So, I, I guess you got two of them. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't. All, right. <laughs> All right. Well, after that, we got the promo of the night, or the man of the night. Chris Jericho comes out. And he has a list with him with Swag on the ring. And people are chanting, the list, list, list. And he's like, no, this is the lexicon of Le Champion. And he's naming. <laughs> Kate Breezy will get this. Franchise, you'll probably get this too, even though I think you're probably like four or five when this happened. But uh, it reminded me when he named a list of like, he was champion, he's got to defend his title before December 23rd or whatever, which I love how AEW does that. You know, you got to defend your title, you well, know, certain times. Well, that's because Christmas is the week after. And yeah. I don't think yeah. no show is going to do a live show on Christmas. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're having him do a title match the week before. But I'm saying, like, I love how he has to defend his title on this show where WWE, you know, you know, like Lesnar's a champion and we haven't seen him, you know. So, yeah. Since. But, but, he has a, but he has a list and he goes, you know, these are the people that I will not f- face. And he's naming guys, and he's naming John Moxley every four times right. on the list. And it reminds me of when WC and when Jericho was in WCW, and he's feuding with Dean Malenko, who was nicknamed the Man of a Thousand Holds. And Jericho has a list, and he's calling himself the Man of a Thousand Four Holds. And he's naming armbar, Japanese armbar, you know, Mexican armbar, armbar, and he's naming like all these different moves. It reminds me of that. And man, and then we get the Lucha, I mean, uh, Lucha Source, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt come out. And man, you know, uh, it was a hit. Lucha, yeah, but Lucha Source, man, you know, he's like, yeah, I can talk, you know, 
I got a PhD. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what's crazy, man? Uh, like, Jungle Boy. Man, like, he's so interested. Interesting, like, character. And I told you, like, I would have loved to see him versus uh, 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 Hangman in the Diamond Dozen final for the Battle Royal. But, man, like, he is going to challenge Jericho for that title match. And I like it, man. I like, you know, these young guys. Like, Jericho's not afraid to give these young guys a shot. Uh, Franchise, what do you think of this promo of the lexicon of Le Champion? Uh, me and, me and uh, Tuco, we talked about it earlier. When uh, <laughs> when he first brought out the lexicon, formerly known, <laughs> known as the list of Jericho, he, and it's funny, as, as, he's, as he's pulling out, he's like, yeah, get out of 2016, which I thought was funny because, like, dude, <laughs> you're bringing 2016 back. But I get it. I get it. Um, I, me and K Breezy, once again, we were talking about this earlier, man. Uh, as far as Jericho, he's so entertaining as the champion, and I'm gonna I'm a be sad when he loses the title. But, um, this guy, man, he can still piss to an orphan, you know. <laughs> uh, That's so, disgusting. Oh, that, that really is. That, like, who is selling piss to orphans, man? That's how intriguing and enticing his combos are. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, look. Hey, look. He like, little, little orphan. Can I ask some more piss? Hey, hey, okay? Look. Hey, wifey, hey said, I, wifey said you're going to hell for that one. Hey, man. Hey, man. I th- I'm sorry. I, th- I think. I think, I think, I think uh, this morning, you know, or today, you know, during the day from between 7.39 till 3 o'clock, he was talking with somebody about a van, so that's why he said that. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <And> fucking Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you going to call? Piss, man. <laughs> But no, man, man, what are you like, man? I, man, are you listening to like R. Kelly over there in the franchise? What are you doing, man? Hey, man, look. Hey, first of all, look here, right. Butterbean. <laughs> all right, continue, continue. <laughs> but no, back, back, back to back, back to being serious. Back to being serious. Uh, Jericho, man, he's proven even that what you know, forty nine, the youngest champion in AEW history, according to Saturday. <laughs> you know, he still got it. He still got it. Um. My only thing will be, like you said, with Jungle Boy. I don't think K. Breeze is the biggest Jungle Boy fan. Uh, I like Jungle Boy, but I really want to push Luchasaurus. That's really who I wish, you know, would have had more of an interaction with Jericho. But overall, man, I'm ready to see this match December 18th. And uh, I'm ready to see where they go with Jericho from here, man, because I definitely think his time is winding down as champ. So I'm ready to see what they do with him moving forward. All right. Uh, so, so I um, I don't I don't dislike Jungle Express. Uh, it's 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 for me. It's the little dude. Like I don't want to see him Marco really have thirty matches. Yeah, Marco's. I he, he's man. He's just incredibly small, man. I he's it's hard for me to believe. You know, he's gonna really do anything really impactful. You know, other than some hijinks. You know that that's all I see from him. So. I want to see, mm-hmm. you know, the other two wrestle more because I've seen them wrestle as a tag team, and I actually like them two wrestling as a tag team. So I want to see more of them, and I and we haven't been getting that, and that's that's what I dislike. I dislike that. I, I dislike the fact that I haven't seen them two in the ring being a tag team, and you know, now that you know Luchasaurus is back from his injury, you know, I, I want to see them, you know, be a tag team and, and actually go up against some of these other good competitive mm-hmm. tag teams, but. Uh, I thought it was funny when he came out and told him, you know, I can speak. I got a PhD, you know. <laughs> do, do you know this? Do you know that? And it's like, no, I don't know this. Well, of course you don't. But it's like, it's like, but I like that. That was that was cool. Uh, but I they weren't who I was expecting to come out. But I liked it because they weren't who I was expecting to come out. And this is another. Derby Allen kind of put over where he's going to have a go out there and he's going to put this young kid over and okay. All right. That's fine. You're going to have this match with this guy. He's going to get a title shot and all kind of chaos is going to ensue. And yet you're going to still retain, but yet he's going to look good. All right, cool. I'm, I'm game for it. So I'm, I can't wait for two weeks to happen. 
my thing is, man, that crowd, like, man, like, 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 they're, like, Darby Allen comes out, you know, and you're mm-hmm. like, okay, but the crowd puts him over so much, and the same thing with Jungle Boy, you know, they're chanting his name, like, these guys are so over, it's ridiculous, right, like, everybody, and uh, how did you, man, make fun of Marco Stone, you know, his dad was a professional wrestler in WWF, who, Max Mini. Mm, I, no, just playing. Oh, I'm about to say. Like, <laughs> I'm about to say like, man, who? <laughs> like, wait, what? That's not a uh, name I remember. Then, yeah, he was like a little mini wrestler, you know, one of the little <laughs> Mexican mini wrestlers. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I could have said, I almost said Dink. You know, you remember Dink? Yeah, of course I remember Dink. Okay. All right. Next up, we get. I'm going to call this the women's match of AEW, NXT, and SmackDown. Because Raw, Charlotte versus Asuka and Kairi Sane was the women's match of the week. But this match, in my opinion, was the second best women's match of the week. We had Chris Statlander versus Akira Shida. Mm -hmm. Probably the best women's match in AEW history. Great match. Chris Statlander's new. She's a prospect. Yeah. Very highly regarded. Man, I mean, she got the win, man. Her finisher is nasty. I've never mm. seen that before. Great match. The crowd was into it. Kate Breezy, what'd you think of this women's match? This is the best women's match AEW has put on, I will say, since the debut. I thought it was the previous match, but this match was actually a little better. I, you know, I'll tie it up because that was Big Breaker, and, and I can't remember the Japanese girl, but I really liked her, and she lost in this match. But, um, but I this this I, it was a tie because it was it was the same person just fighting two different people. But, Kushida, yeah, Kushida, yeah. So, but it was a it was a good match. Like I I I was entertained by it. I watched it all the way through. Uh, I hated that. I hated what happened at the end. But uh, mm. like you say, that finisher, you know, that 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 mm. finisher was nasty. And um, yeah, I, I definitely this is this is a, a good come up. And uh, I saw that we we got another newcomer. And I'm, I'm not sure who she was, you know, deciding to want to pledge her hair hair to whatever <laughs> it was that they were doing. Um, mm. I don't really want to talk too much about what Brandy did or what that was. But uh, I just want to know who the girl was. That yeah. that volunteered herself. I, I just want to know who she is because clearly, AEW's found a few women to sign up. Yeah, she might be from Impact, but I'm not sure because I know Impact let go a few wrestlers, right? Or a few wrestlers left Impact, so she could be on the independent scene or from Impact. I'm not sure, but there is an eight million ways to die. Choose one franchise. What do you think of this match? Yeah, um, good match. I think we finally found a number two to Britt Baker, uh, at least potentially anyway. Uh, I love Stylander's gimmick. Um, it's different. It's a lot different than what, you know, a lot of the other women are in uh, AEW. I will also second you by saying this is the second match of the uh, – well, second best uh, women's match of the week through all the brands. Uh, I liked it, man. I really want to see her uh, – get a lot more time so hopefully within the next week or two we definitely see her get a couple more matches under her belt but like you guys said man that that finisher is nasty and uh i'm just really hoping that you know they push her man in the right direction and uh to answer your question uh k breezy that woman i believe i mean uh who to answer k breezy but to follow flawless she is actually from impact uh i forgot what her name is but i seen it on uh brandy social media but uh, yeah, she is actually the newest signee to AEW. Oh, okay, cool. All right, well, I, I, like I said, and 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 I think honestly, I think uh, old girl, the alien chick, can be actually the. Uh, I think she's the third best because if I gotta rank them, that's at least three, three solid. You know, one one good good one, and then like you got like two good solid ones coming up. So, um, I'm sorry, I'm terrible with names. Uh, it's a lot of new faces. I, I I remember them. The more I see them, the more I get acquainted with them. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely excited. It was it made me have a little more faith in and what what's what's to come. Outside of that BS that happened at the end, I, I still don't know what that was. Don't care. We can go ahead and move on. 
right. Well, next match of the night was Christopher Daniels versus Pentagon Jr. Pentagon uh, Jr. got the win. I will say this match wasn't as good as Ray Phoenix and Trent, but I did like how I do like the ramp that like leads to the ring directly. You know, some people don't like it, you know, but some people do. I like it. it reminds me of the old WCW days in the early 90s. But, man, I like how when Pentagon Jr. is, you know, doing his set up, you know, thing, and then he turns around and there's Christopher Daniels coming off the top rope to hit him before the match even starts because of what Pentagon Jr. did to Christopher Daniels. Not bad match. Uh, franchise, what do you think of this match as a whole? Ah, man. I am going to be on the opposite end of the spectrum on this one. Um, I, was I, 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 I was I was let down. Uh, me and you know, Kay Breezy, we talked about this match as well earlier. Uh, Christopher Daniels looked really bad. Um, I don't know if it's because this is his first singles match in a minute or if it's because of age or what the case may be, but this didn't look like the Christopher Daniels I knew, man, especially from Impact. Um, I felt like I was watching skinny Kurt Angle out there, but uh, <laughs> and that's just being honest. But I mean, Pentagon he did pretty good, uh, but just the match, the hype leading up to it, it, it didn't match without my expectation for the match. Um, hopefully, you know, if they do this again, maybe it can have a different outcome. But honestly, I wasn't the biggest fan of this match, unfortunately. Um, man, so yeah, this was the worst match of the week. Um, well, no, <laughs> we haven't got to the other two podcasts yet, so <laughs> I- I'll preserve that. <laughs> but um, this was definitely the one of the contenders. Uh, this he it, yeah this this was one of those matches where you know you could just see them talking too much. There there there, there was too much talking. There was too much place you know telling people to move and and roll over and go here and do this. Uh, Christopher Dale botched the hell out of that springboard on the outside. I hate the ramp across the top. Uh, it takes away from the selling of the outside move because your level where you always have that person coming outside, you know, from the inside of the ring down where, you know, you have a little bit more freedom to kind of make it more look, you know, more impactful. Uh, I hate, so I, I hate the ramp that connects to the, to the ring, uh, just for that purpose. Um, and 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 it and it just and it didn't help for Christopher Daniels. Like when he went to do that springboard, he just like you told the guy to roll over and move, and then you totally missed him. Like 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 fall like fall. Uh, French, I said I don't know if it was, you know, part of the storyline from his neck injury. Is he just that out of shape because he looked that, uh, or is he is he just I, I don't know what it was, but yeah, that was just a terrible. Uh, terrible match, bad finish. Uh, I, I was I was very upset about that. All right, all right. Well, moving on, we got the main event. We got a rematch. A rematch. We got John Moxley versus Joey Janela. Whew. Yeah. Okay, Breezy. I'll go to you. What, what, what are your thoughts on the match? Oh, um. This was a good match. I like this match again. This was probably outside of this and uh, Ray Phoenix and Trent. Uh, these those were probably the two best matches, plus the women's match. Uh, the, you know, three matches. You know, three matches in a night. Um, I, I'll, I'll I'll go there with those. Uh, the back and forth, the outside antics. You know, I love. I liked it. The uh, the little spot where. Uh, uh, I was about to say Dean Ambrose. Uh, when uh, Moxley <laughs> went to the outside and uh, he went to the ring as an announcer table and, and Janello just came off the top, but they never showed it. Like, I kind of wanted to, you know, they could have, I don't know, it could have been like a last minute look up, you know, to see him and then, come, you know, then kind of catch him coming down on, on top of uh, Moxley. But I, I liked it for the surprise effect they tried for, but uh, it hit or miss with a few moves and stuff, but it, it was a good match, a good finish. Moxley getting over. I like the finish with uh the inner circle coming out and paying, you know, paying, you know, uh dues right back to Moxley for what he did last week. Yeah. Franchise your thoughts. So I'm I'm looking at my notes. Uh I'm gonna start by saying a good match, very good match. At the time I rated it a four point five, but I think because I was half asleep, man, I must have been tripping. It was a good match, but it wasn't a four point five, so I'm gonna give it a four. 
maybe a little less. But uh, yeah, I, I, I figure you know this is definitely a good way to end the show. Overall, like I said, man, the show was solid. It was real solid. Um, Joey Janela, he definitely showed he's more than a death match wrestler. Uh, kind of like with Darby Allen a few weeks back, you know. These guys have kind of made their name, you know, with the hardcore stuff. But to actually see them going hole for hole with a guy like Mike and et cetera, um, it's nice to see that, that versatility. Um, like K. Breezy said, I loved at the end, you know, with Jericho kind of came out through the crowd, kind of, you know, did Moxley's, you know, one-two against him. And uh, as far as Jericho and Moxley, man, I'm really, really – I'm looking forward to this, man. I'm, I'm loving the way they're building it so far. And uh, Joey Janela, he's definitely he's definitely going to be a major player down the line too. So, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see where they go with him as well. So, overall, man, to end the match, end the night, the main event, I loved it. No complaints. No complaints. Yeah, man, that spot by Janela where Moxie was sitting by the announce table. I mean, by the timekeeper, Justin Roberts. And Janela, like, you don't see him climbing the ropes. You just see him coming after at Moxley. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was just a sick spot, nasty spot. But, man, I, man I'll man, i tell you this. Moxley's paradigm shift, man, like how he lifts you up and hits you, man, it's just great. And I love how they're building Jericho and him. Slowly build, you know, tease and stuff. You know, I love it. It's just going to make it because you're going to tune in every week kind of like, man, what are they going to do next? You know, because Jericho's naming everybody he wants to face besides Moxley, you know. Hmm. Okay, let me ask you this. Since this is the end of the show, let me ask you this. Uh, Do you see Moxley coming out during a title match to mess with Jericho's head or to possibly cost him a title? Uh, Yes, I do. Or he'll or he'll come out at the end, maybe. I don't know. Nah. You know, it's like I, I can see both I can see both ways. I okay. don't know. Okay. I can see maybe Moxie costing Jungle Boy the match because he wants to take the title from Jericho. Damn. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. You know, their way of building versus WWE's way of building is different now that I read what why Vince McMahon what Vince McMahon is doing now. Which totally makes no freaking sense at all. Well, you know, I, 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 I think we, I think we both read the same thing. So, I mean, flawless. Would you explain to the, you know, to the people listening? You know, Vince McMahon's new ideology on booking shows, pay per views. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Be, 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 before you do that, before you do that, let's say that for the NXT stuff. Okay, okay. And we, we, uh, we can finish, okay. and we can start a new one. Okay. Do you want me to let you know the ratings for this week? Or oh yeah, for sure. Or? No, for sure. I want to know the okay. ratings. Yeah. So. For both shows? For AEW? No, just for AEW. Just for AEW. You know, just because it's an okay. AEW show. AEW last week, remember how they did 633,000? Yes, right. sir. This week, 851,000. Ooh. Nice come up. Yeah. Okay. All right. So they, they, they slowly come in, but build it, but surely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny because I was watching the interview with Moxley, where he did with Chris Fan and Fan Bleed. And he was saying, like, how. You know, we've only been out like a couple months. We're still babies, you know. Like, people expect us like do this, you know. No, it's like slowly, you know. You know, we're still new to the TV, so people don't really recognize us. Right, and, and, uh, and, and, and yeah, and he said like how you know, and family like, oh man, do you have this thing how you're gonna go to AEW? He's like, no, AEW kind of chose me. It kind of, it kind of like fell in the right spot at the right time. Oh yeah, oh yeah, most definitely. But yeah, good count them up for AEW man, two hundred plus thousand rating jump. I like it. Oh yeah, good. And 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 this is the, like I said, this is the slow build that they need. I don't have a problem with them. Uh, I don't need them building to nothing big, you know, so quickly. You know, I I don't mind the storytelling that they're they're doing because they're doing it the right way. They're giving you just enough, you know, each little week, and and they're giving you little matches and stuff here and there so you get to see the people but yet you get to continue a little story and because they're not doing pay-per-views so like wwe so you get to see some of these matches on tv and then they'll say some of them for the pay-per-view but it's a good way to draw people in yep do you know where i think the real change in ratings may come i think depending on how wwe handles the build to mania after the rumble 
I think that's really when you're going to see, okay, if fans going to start gravitating more to AEW. Hmm. I, I, can, I can see more depending if, if the product doesn't change. I, I know we've been saying, you know, but WWE's kind of been crappy, but they're still keeping a consistency of viewership. And once that viewership dips down to what their what, what's their average uh, for Raw, uh, what, 2.5, you know? Yeah, they're about like 2.3. Okay, so let's say, let's say, let's say the Raw ratings would have to drop to about a 2 to maybe a 1.9. Like it, it, cause you know, they, they do a 2.1, 2.2 every now and then. So let's say a 2.2 to a 1.9 for either show. Okay. For raw or SmackDown. When, when that starts to happen and you see AEW start to hit that million mark on a more consistent basis, then that's, that, that's when you'll know, okay, there's a ship. When we see that, when we see those viewership drop, cause I think you'll also see NXT's viewership go up. I don't think they'll diminish. I think they'll go up because they'll continue to do what they're doing because they're competing with them. But yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, but I after fans realize how Vince is doing like his new thing towards pay-per-view is when we'll talk in the next show. Oh, yeah. But I think if AEW gets like, say if they constantly fail, say if they get like averaging the 1 million range by say March and April, I think they'll be good. They'll slowly go up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, give but, me time. Like, but like Bischoff said, man, it takes time. Right. You know? And right now they, they, they're building what they have and they have a good they got a good you know uh stable to uh, to build on. So and can't also wait to, uh, when a few wrestlers joined them that you know got released today. Oh oh yeah. Oh we're gonna talk about all that. So uh franchise, won't you go ahead and uh end this one so we can get ready to start dealing? Say no more. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for once again tuning in to another episode of the Generation Wrestling Podcast. As always, yours truly, I'm Franchise. I'm the 26 year old piece of gold. He's too cold. He's flawless. Peace. We here at the Generation of Wrestling want to thank all of our sponsors. Without you guys, this show wouldn't be possible. And uh, yeah, thank you to the fans. Thank you to the fans. Thank you to the. for the people who make this happen, the sponsors behind the scenes. And, uh, yeah, without any further ado, I got another message for you, baby. Now, can you dig it? If you smell what the rock is cooking. Yo. Oh, that's good. All right, all right, all right. What's good, Pimpins? Not much. You know, I had to open up a, a little champion of red wine. What you, what you sipping on over there, man? Red wine. Red blend. Ah, okay, okay. I call All right, man. Flawless. Le champion. Hey, you know what? I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm about to sue Lake Cool because I was watching, like, a video or something, and I heard them say, flawless, and I'm like, oh, hell no. <laughs> Like I'm still waiting on my money for Mortal Kombat. <laughs> you tripping? <laughs> All right, man. Y'all ready to knock this this, this uh, NXT on out of the way? Oh yeah, this stupid ass show. All right, let's go. Three, two. First and foremost, hold on. Hold up. We ain't even gonna start off like that. Hold on. First of all, NXT ain't a stupid show. Not disrespect NEC. Now, if you, you said SmackDown or Raw, I wouldn't okay, have said I, I, I did. I do okay. respect AEW. No, no, no. I respect AEW. I'm going to still call it how I see it. Now, okay. if you was talking shit about SmackDown, I wouldn't have said nothing. But if you're talking about NXT now, if you're talking about the one thing that is proper wrestling, don't don't be disrespectful. I only said that to get you rolling. Okay? Don't, don't be because, disrespectful. Because I have a lot to say about NXT this week. I didn't think it was stupid, okay? But I thought there was some hits and misses on that show. Oh, I did too. And let's get into it. Yeah. Let's well, let's get into it. it. Let me get let me get this intro popping. Listen, come on. Five, four, three. Ten, nine. Shut up. 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Generation Wrestling Podcast. As always, yours truly, the 26-year-old bitch go, the franchise, aka the showstopper. And with me, as always, they got my tag team partners, my brothers, my family, me familia. First up, we got the Human Encyclopedia Wrestling, the flawless phenomenon. Joe knows everything. Flawless Joey V, how you doing? <laughs> Next up, we got the Karma Cody, the light-skinned Teddy Pendergrass, aka Mr. One, Two, Three. Pin that ass down, KBC, better known as Tuco Kimbro. How you doing? What up? What up, man? Let's go. All right, man. Well, let's not waste no time. K Breezy, man, lead us off with the NXT review show. Yeah. Oh, I'm leading off. Oh, mm-hmm, damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, let's go. It's, it's your show. Let's go. Uh, I didn't know. You gotta give me a second. Whatever. Hey, I mean, you know, I I figure, you know, I go ahead and be the sacrificial lamb for this bullshit called SmackDown. (laughs) No problem. I'm a little upset. Teddy Teddy Hart's not a part of MLW no more. Yeah, I I heard about that. I heard about that. And Alberto Del Rio lost. (laughs) Got his ass mollywhopped. Yeah, there was a stipulation too in the match too. Uh, if if uh, Alberto Del Rio lasted past the first round, he would get Tito Ortiz's UFC belt. And if Alberto didn't, Ortiz would get Alberto's WWE Championship, the John Cena one. You know, the one that doesn't spin and just sits there. I was the I was I was wondering why they kept having the damn promotional pictures with Alberto with the damn mm-hmm. WWE mm-hmm. Championship. Yep, and uh, Chavo Guerrero was in his corner. And the fight lasted only three minutes. Yeah, I, I didn't see it. <laughs> I didn't see it, but I read about it and I heard about it. And I was like, oh, I watched it today, and I was like, oh, God. Oh, why are you doing this, Alberto? <laughs> so, 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 so let me ask you, what was worse, the Alberto fight or either one of CM Punk's fights? Uh, CM Punk, because the one fight, he lasted all three rounds. And the other fight, he lasted like you know a couple minutes. But Alberto, oh my god! So the last time Alberto fought in MMA, he fought this guy named Merkel Krokop. And Merkel Krokop was Croatian heavyweight, and his left high high kick was hospital, right high kick was cemetery. And <laughs> Alberto Del Rio wore a mask when he fought. Okay, which is crazy. Well, Merkel Krokop hit him with one of those uh, high kicks. And Del Rio was bleeding through the mask. Go figure. After he got knocked out. <laughs> Hell no. Nah. Hell no. Nah. So, um, <clears throat> all right. Whew, I had to take advantage there. Had to finish off my food. All right. Um, so before we kick off this show, uh, Flawless, you had some uh, uh, interesting article that you read about Vince McMahon and the way he's doing business. And I wanted to hear from you on what that was, because I haven't read it, uh, franchise read it, but I haven't. And I want to hear what's going on. So why don't you go ahead and start off with that, man? Okay, so they're wondering why, like, okay, so Vince, they're wondering why, like, Vince is not, why WWE's not announcing matches for TLC yet. And Vince is only going to do that the week of the show. And that's because he wants new subscribers for the network. He's not worried about pay-per-view buys these days. He's worried about network subscribers. So leading up to TLC Royal Rumble, he's only going to announce the matches the Monday before the show. Monday or Friday before the show. (laughs) So here... I I somewhat understand the logic. However, it's, it's, it's to me... And I'm not in the boardroom. I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't know the data or the analytics of it. But as a fan of the product, to me, it's that's stupid uh-huh. because the build is what gets me interested into the match. You get what I'm saying? If I don't know who's on the card, I'm not going to watch it. Like TLC, I don't know what the card is, but the few matches I do know that's on the card, I don't want to watch the pay per view, and I'm probably not. <laughs> So the main event not, will be that damn match flawless has been talking about, man, for weeks. It's, it's a TLC That's match, what the but yeah, be. but yeah, it might be a dog collar. And you got Bray White versus the Miz, not the fiend, but Bray. And and here's the thing: like 
if Roman Reigns, which I'm, well, you guys pretty much confirmed it, so I mean, I guess there's no if. Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin, unless it gets changed. If that's gonna be the main event of TLC, I'm definitely not watching that. Shit. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not gonna sit up here and watch a whole pay per view knowing that that's gonna be the end of my experience. Now, if I do watch the TLC, the only reason will be because the Fiend is a wrestling, and I want to see how they do Bray Wyatt. But other than that. I'm not gonna waste my time watching the whole pay per view just to see that one party. I tell you this: you cannot do this with your big four pay per views. You could do this with your little mini, you know, stupid pay per views between the big four. But if you build the Royal Rumble at WrestleMania this way, oh, oh, yeah. Oh. Well, well, you know what? You know what? I, the Royal Rumble, fuck that. That ain't gonna work. I will say because WrestleMania is WrestleMania. You might get away with it just because people are going to tune in regardless because you know you'll get some type of surprise. Mm, no. You don't think so? You'll get you'll get the you'll get the loyal supporters, but I, I don't know how many people like it's already tough enough watching WrestleMania when you do know what the roster is. And they're not so or what the matches are. <laughs> now you now you don't want to tell me what the matches are and you okay. want me to sit here and you want me to sit through four or five hours of this? Oh hell no. You know, okay. it's not four or five hours, man. It's more like six or seven. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm sorry. You want me to watch through 12 hours of wrestling? No, I'm good. I'm good. You know what? Not, I mean, not, that you, no. not that you break it down like that. I guess I didn't really think about it. I forgot they got like a fucking 10-year pre-show. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah. From five to about 12, yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. Never mind. Sorry, Vince. This is stupid. Yeah, I did. I mean... I can't see now. Okay. Maybe there is a way it can work. And here's the only way that I think it could work. And that means you have to build up some type of story. I mean, because, mm-hmm. okay, if you build up, a, okay, if you're going to build up a story of certain wrestlers fighting, then we can kind of predict, okay, maybe we'll see a big match between them at the pay-per-view. Like if it's just two random people, maybe not. But if it's a championship, like I can see them building for the next couple of weeks somebody to be fighting Ray. We can pretty much guess it'll probably be like a fatal four way or something. It'll be uh, Ray and Orton and Drew and and Styles. I'm already calling it. If that's yeah. the case, I'm calling that right now. So I can see a fatal four way for the United States Championship right there. Well, okay. he is facing uh, Styles on Monday Night Raw for the title. He's facing Styles for the title, but with Orton and, and Drew, yeah, with, with everything that happened last week, let, I'm booking it. Book it. it one, one of those two things are going to happen, but Fatal 4-Way, I'm going to go with that. Um, yeah, I, it, it, they have to build a good story. <laughs> I, I think that's the only way it could possibly work. I'm still not on board with it, but uh, you, you have to build something to where it's like, okay, they haven't announced what the match is yet. What's the match? What are they going to do? What are they going to have? Maybe that'll bring some intrigue. But if you, but whatever it is you present, if you, if you don't, if you present it late and it doesn't go well, it doesn't go over well, then you can't change it. Or if you do change it, it's like you had no time to change it. Like you, you tried to be on the fly and that may not work, you know, cause you may make it something worse. Well, and actually I was just going to say that. So, do you think that this is their way of kind of, you know, uh, I guess covering their ass in a way because they do change things so last minute. You know, we just had a pay-per-view where, you know, I can't remember what match. I think it was like a women's match that's supposed to come up on a pre-show. And then the next thing you know, the damn New Day came out. Survivor Series. Yeah. Uh, I think I think it was the women's, uh, Battle. The women's elimination match was supposed yeah. to be on the pre-show. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. do, so do you think by them not announcing a kind of – allows them to kind of, if they did do, do a Vince McMahon two-minute before show change, that you wouldn't know that it happened anyway because it was never announced? But, I mean, it's not going to be announced the day of the show. He's like, so, like, if Raw's matches are on TLC, they're going to announce it that Monday. So, so uh, uh, hold on, TLC is next week, okay? Yeah. Next Sunday. Yep. So, tomorrow... They will announce, I think, Raw's matches. Okay, and then yeah. do Smack- and then do SmackDowns <laughs> on Friday. Yes, but wouldn't it be smarter to do theirs the week before? 
that way you have that week to build to the pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, so that way yep. that net that that preview that next Friday, right before the pay-per-view, mm-hmm. you can do your go home show oh, yep. because it, you're you're literally the go home show mm-hmm. to the pay-per-view. I like agree just, with that, 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 that just okay, okay. And it doesn't okay. help that Survivor Series and uh TLC is like three weeks apart. <laughs> it's like well, I, 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 I well I got I, I got another question for you guys then because this is what I used to do, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people used to do this. Um, before I officially subscribe to the network. I literally only subscribed to the network at one point in time during the big four pay-per-views. But literally, as soon as that pay-per-view was over, I unsubscribed. So I didn't end up paying. So what is the end goal here for Vince for those people that, okay, you focus on uh, sign-ups or whatever. But for the people like me at one point in time who – signed up and then signed right back out after the big four. Where is the end game for you in that? I I think it makes him, I think it brings a realization where um, he'll see that that won't work and he'll have to change Uh, because (laughs) if people are doing that, if you did that, then I'm sure other people are doing that and, Nobody wants to. I mean, there's only so much of that content people are going to watch. Like maybe okay, so the free subscriber gets thirty free days. So let's say out of the first fifteen days, let's say you watch maybe half the stuff that's on there that you were really interested in. You know, some of the WCW, WCW, uh, WCW stuff, some of the uh, pay per view, some of the the shows that they do, the podcasts, and all that little stuff. Let's say you watch all that. You watch a couple of. NXT takeovers or whatever. And then, you know, uh, depending on what what's going on in that month, you know, you might be able to catch a a, a, a pay-per-view and a takeover, you know, and you might, you might luck up. But let's say you do all that and then, okay, 15, you know, you still got 15 days. And then you decide to cancel out because you don't really care for what's coming up next because what's coming up next ain't nothing. I think that trend will force him to have to change the, the the product and basically make people want to get it. Wow. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm tr- no, I'm looking at, I'm trying to, cause you know how, you know, we talk about like how AEW like builds, you know, they have time to build a program, which we love. And I was trying to, and I was looking up online to see their pay-per-view buy rates. You know, okay, what are their buy rates, you know, estimated? And, man, let me tell you, man, full gear buy rate was uh, was around 100,000 mark, okay? Mm. Now, a- ECW's best pay-per-view ever did, did 99,000. So, outside of mm. WWE and WCW, AEW has the biggest PPV buy rates. And uh, all in before you know the one that sold out in uh I think uh, in four minutes did an estimated one hundred fifteen thousand buy rates, and that was the biggest buy rate for for for, for, for a promotion that was not on TV. And then mm. and then you also gotta uh, realize this too. You know that's just the recorded data. That's not even including you know people that do the, you know, the, the free streams and, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that that have other means of watching the product. So, I mean, if you're doing 110000 just like that, and and this is why, okay, this is kind of where I've been stuck, and I think you guys could either agree or, you know, maybe offer a different perspective, but I feel like ever since WWE went from traditional pay-per-view to relying on the network, I feel like that's really when you really see the the quality of the pay-per-views really just diminish. I I feel like back when you had to pay $49.99, $59.99 for WrestleMania, you know what I'm saying? I feel like when you actually had to pay for the product, like AEW, you had great pay-per-views, and now it's... It basically, these, these pay-per-views now with WWE outside of the big four, they just feel like glorified SmackDowns and Raws. And now, am I wrong in my assessment, or 
you know, how do you guys feel about what I just said? Um, go ahead, flawless. Because after you, I'm, I'm gonna go, and then we can get into NXT. I'm sorry. What did he say again? I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. I'm sorry. I said the, okay. The quote, um, the, okay. Well, okay. I, I, I'll go then, since he didn't hear. Look, the the um the problem for me isn't the buys; it's the product. It's it's you have way too much talent that you're not putting out, and that's the reason for that uh that decline. Is because I mean, you think about it, man. If we actually got good promos with all the talent that WWE has, if if WWE was flourishing the way that it did in the Attitude Era, at least as far as talent, and and they got the talent. You know, they got guys that can that can that can go out there and do what they need to do and get over. Uh, but we don't never see those guys win. We don't never see the Samoa Joes, the Drew McIntyre. We don't never see none of these guys that we that one are over with the fans that are more than qualified to be the top guy. And we never see them get over. And that's the, that's the reason we we've been conditioned to just the one or two big name people always being on top. And then everyone else is just everyone else. And that that's the reason why I said, do we need to, do WWE need to consider doing a league? You know, and I, and I brought that into discussion and, you know, you got way too much talent to just be still doing your product based on one guy. You were able to do that for 10 years with John Cena because you had no competition. Once your competition changed, you yeah, you had Austin, but you had The Rock, but you had The Undertaker. You had like four or five guys that was doing the damn thing, and then they were doing that with other people. So you 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 expanded and, and, and it made everything bigger. So I think that's the, the reason for that relapse and in, in the decline is because the the product is watered down. We're getting Baron Corbin and Roman Reigns as what is being considered the top story when we know damn well it shouldn't be. I mean, at least if it is, not in the way that they're telling it. I agree. Did I lose y'all? No, I'm here. No, I'm oh. here. I, 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 wait, I went to see if Flawless is going to fly. He said, he said, can you hear me now? I agree. All right, man. Well, let's yeah, so, Oh, my bad. Go ahead, uh, K. Breezy. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead man. I was just, just going to come out of y'all, but go ahead. Oh, no. I, I, I was going to say, hello? Uh-oh, we lost. Oh, I think we lost. We, we lost. Damn, that was, 19, that was 19 minutes of good discussion. Man, you know how much editing I've had to do. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, see, see if you can invite them while you're still recording. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. See if you can send them an invite. And then that way we ain't got 